Hiya everybody and welcome to Reiki Me Right, episode 9 called Nature Spirits, Signs and Synchronicities and Interpreting Messages and I'm your host Jane Goodsir. In this short teaching today I'll cover developing a connection with nature, nature spirits and that includes what signs and synchronicities are, why they might show up and their potential meaning. I'll also cover Wheel of the Year and making offerings as well. And if you're an aspiring or qualified practitioner, thinking back to episode one, this topic will help to support two of the three vital key components needed to be that confident and powerful practitioner. Increasing your connection to your inherent wisdom and healing your lived experience. If you're looking for how to interpret messages from spirit in a journey space or in terms of psychic ability, You'll get that in episodes 7 and 8. There are many huge benefits to spending time in nature for your overall health, and Google will give you those. But what Google won't give you is the vast benefit for your spiritual health of a nature connection, which we know from episode 3, your spiritual health encompasses your mental, physical and emotional bodies. So I'll be tackling that today. Nature speaks all the time. All we have to do is learn how to listen. There are many ways outside shamanic journeying, or maybe you meditate for guidance or pull tarot for guidance. There are other ways to receive guidance. Nature connection is one of them. Not just to receive guidance either, to gain insight and and for healing as well. And if right now you're thinking, well, I don't do any of that, then nature is a great place to start because it is there. It is a constant every single day. Whether you can physically get out and into nature or not, whether you've got a garden or not, whether you live in a busy city or in the middle of the woods, there are many ways to connect with nature. And to connect with nature, we become consciously aware by landing and being more present with nature and a connection starts to form from there. Again, I know I've said this before, it's my belief that everything has a spirit. That goes hand in hand with living a shamanic and animistic way of life. So I use the words nature and nature spirit interchangeably. If you are somebody who juggles, who's constantly on the go, mentally tired, overwhelmed, just missing a bit of passion, zest in life, like I once was, I relate. This is a really great episode for you. And it doesn't matter what your beliefs are, God, guides, higher self, pagan, astrology, nature connection can fit for everybody. There's a misconception here that you've got to be like out in nature, submerged in the woods, let's say, to develop this connection. As I touched on just there, that's that's inaccurate. You can build a relationship in a town, in a city, from a window. For me, nature is my lifeblood. I wouldn't exist without it. And it gives me way more than the air that keeps me alive or the food that I eat. 
The rustle of the tree's leaves, the soothing sound of the sea, the caw of the crow, the woodpecker feather left at my front door, the moon that catches my attention twice in one evening, they all speak to me. Because everything's energy. And the universe loves nothing more than everything being in its rightful place, the balance, the equilibrium. So for me, I can't be complacent and arrogant in my thinking. The only I, as a human, exists in the world with something to say. Like I just said before, everything everything is a spirit for me. Animals, trees, herbs, so on. And building a relationship with that can serve me in so many ways that I require. So where, where to begin then? Firstly, try an omen walk. You'll get the PDF on how to do that as part of this week's and last week's episode. The link is in the podcast notes. You download the PDF from the link that takes you to our website podcast episode page. And once you've downloaded a PDF once, Everyone from now on will land in your inbox each week with a link to the podcast as well. Omen walking is a really simple and beautiful way of introducing yourself, teaching yourself how to notice nature's messages. I call those signs and synchronicities. You can also use that same PDF if you're at a window or can't physically get outside. I used to lack any level of magic in my life. I could create bits of it and at times I was actually quite exhausted for creating magic, mostly for other people in my life, now that I think back on it. But I was so stuck in the daily function of life, the daily stuff. I just couldn't see out with it. Or maybe I could actually, but I was holding myself stuck there for various reasons. This is a great thing to do to help shift you out of that place. It's simple and it's really not that time consuming either. If you omen walk and work with intention, you can listen back to episodes two and six for more on intention. Then any signs or synchronicities you experience on the omen walk You've narrowed down to being in relation to one particular focus area in your life to make meaning of and apply. So I really recommend that you do that. You're actually potentially already working with nature and maybe just not fully noticing the signs and synchronicities. If you find yourself at a junction in life, needing to make a decision as to what way to go, to go, for example, as happens often, I like to get really quiet and listen. Use everything open and available to me to make a choice. Take a step forward, that decision. That means all my senses, the seen and the unseen. If you find yourself in that place, look up, look around you. Look out into nature. Notice what's going on there. Simply ask. I'd like a sign that I'm on the right path or is the direction I think I'm meant to be going in the best one for me? Ultimately, the decision is yours 
Nothing and no one will ever be able to tell you what to do. I spoke about that before. But you do have layers of support that you're able to access if you're open to it. And that does require some patience to maybe bed into the uncomfortability of not controlling an outcome or rushing to the finish line of, I must know right now my next step. I find so much beauty in the journey, staying open, not tanking ahead as I once did. And gaining opportunities that I'd have otherwise missed if I tried to push an outcome. So if I do that, if I ask those questions, maybe I'll notice a robin. For me, a robin tells me I'm on the right track. I'll maybe notice a crow right ahead of me, or as happens to me a lot, a whole murder of crows cawing. This tells me that the what I am seeking, depending on what I've asked for, depending on what the intention was, or... Um, depending on what I'd asked in that moment as I look out into nature. The answer lies in my shadow. In short, and I know I've touched on this before, shadow is the parts of us that we suppress, hide, reject, pretend, doesn't exist. It's shadow because it's not in the light. That means it's not visible on like the everyday surface of our lives. Everyone's got shadow and what I like to think about it is what lives in shadow. So what uh, what lives in shadow, if you like, is unique to each of us. And shadow can manifest in lots of ways. For example, feeling discontented, anxious, being defensive, angry, resentment, jealousy, codependency. And the top one for me previously, being part of and welcoming in lots of drama in my life. Allowing what's in shadow to come out into the light can provide huge opportunity. Some of your very best facets can be hidden in amongst what lies in your shadow. Maybe I'll notice a white feather for me. A white feather brings hope, a sense that all will become clear in good time. Keep going. What those mean to me They'll mean something different to other people. I know what they mean to me because I started doing what I suggest you do. What I just chatted about before. In terms of home and walking. Being open to nature. Welcoming nature in. Building that relationship. I kept doing it. Especially in the tough and challenging times. Where I felt trust waver. I think once I learned I had to be honest with myself. I had to self-reflect as part of life. I couldn't avoid exploring parts of myself that were uncomfortable and challenging. This became easier because my expectation then wasn't always to be told that I was on the right path or I was doing great, you know? And from from there, I, I found it easier to surrender to the ebb and flow of the many cycles of death and rebirth, otherwise known as releasing and letting go a new freshness emerging. Sure, themes can be similar, like that of a, a you know a, a new seed growing or a, a bird, for example. But 
specifically for you, only you can make real meaning of what is meant for you. This is where we really notice what I speak about often, which is I don't ever offer up a fix or an A plus B equals C method in terms of spirituality, connection, healing. But what I do do is provide a framework and that requires action and and putting it into practice and, and finding your own way. So moving quite nicely onto the metaphorical meaning of messages. And this is where we've got to think deeper. Metaphorical meaning of anything for me in the beginning was really quite challenging because I was very literal, very, if I can't see it, it's not real, really disconnected from my intuition. Also my imagination, my creativity. I mean, my my connection to my intuition was dim at best. As I said before, if you're looking for how to interpret messages from spirit in a journey space or in terms of psychic ability, you get that in episode seven and eight. Still metaphorical messages, but can present in different ways the nature, a nature connection, because it's a different way to seek guidance, healing, gain clarity. But no matter which works for you, you can still intention any of what you are doing to help with those three areas in the main. I kind of narrowed them down to so gain insight, guidance, or ask for healing. As a side note, Dreams, because this is something I'm asked quite often. Dreams are treat like a journey in terms of interpreting messages. Though in my experience, um, in dreams, you will be given people or places, things that seem a bit more familiar to you often, to lead you to the theme of the message. If you're struggling with a dream or the same dream keeps happening or you want to know the meaning of a dream, you can set an intention before you sleep with your guides for what it is specifically that you'd like clarity on or guidance on. What what it is about that dream that you'd like to understand. And this can definitely help. Remember your shamanic guides are always there. You might not see or hear or feel them, but by welcoming them into your days in a way that works for you, and that is as simple as a thought and being open, you're building a relationship with them. And if you want to start building a relationship with them today, you want to experience a shamanic journey as well, episode seven in the PDF associated with that, along with a drumming track that I've provided, will help you do that. In terms of metaphorical messages from nature, I'll give you an example. I find the most common one people find challenge with, across the board actually, is with death and rebirth. So... Let's say your eye is constantly pulled to decaying leaves or a decaying tree branch whilst you're omen walking or you're just going about your day and connecting with nature. Metaphorically, 
Are you being asked to let go of something? What are you doing that doesn't serve you well right now? Are you feeling stuck and need to leave something behind that's not working for you in your your life any longer and make way for something new as a habit, a person, a way of being? Are you in a period of transformation where soon the cycle of new seedling, again metaphorical, it'll begin? With nature, I am very much reminded that my seasons and cycles as a human, also as a presenting and identifying female, are reflected in so many ways. You might or might not have heard or work with the wheel of the gear in your daily life. And there are variations of that that are celebrated, Celtic and Pagan, for example. Equinoxes and solstices are deeply tied to the land and the astrological happenings. Our ancestors were so strongly connected to the land, as I've spoken about in much more depth before, and their lives were built around that crops, farming, huge sense of community. And so each of these festivals are celebrated with much reverence for nature, being an opportunity not only to celebrate the physical land, but to learn, um, lean into the, the learning and the growth inwardly about ourselves via nature, via, via the land. So let me just drill into that just very slightly. So if it's spring on the outside, spring on the inside looks like a time to metaphorically plant new seeds, brings a, a sense of hope. There's momentum gathering again, an emergence, that fresh inhale after a winter of rest and contemplation. So summer on the outside, in the, in the physical world, summer inside, the momentum is really swinging. There's a sense of creativity and joy and abundance and fertility. It's a a time to to get on with action plans. Autumn on the outside. Autumn on the inside. Things are slowing down a bit. There's deep gratitude for the fruits of your labour that were probably planted in spring some years ago, not the spring just passed. Reflecting on the inner landscape, a time to acknowledge the gradual evolution, the cycle of death and rebirth of life. And then winter on the outside, in relation to winter on the inside, rest, in the daytime, metaphorical death, gathering energy for the rebirth of spring, balancing darkness with light, because there's got to be both right, can't have one without the other. And I tend to see that um, almost sometimes being bypassed um, in terms of always seeking the light. Darkness goes hand in hand with that very much. And you can see from what I was just saying there, why now in the modern day, for example, the way Christmas is celebrated, which um, is within that period of winter, the consumerism, the flashing lights, the loads of socialising, 
many people spending time with people they'd rather not through obligation, so on, it can feel really jarring. The natural themes of the energies at that time of year opposing how we have now societally, culturally come to live. For me, living in the modern day is about finding a balance there. You can relate those um, seasons to menstrual cycles as well. Spring, after bleeding. Summer, ovulation. Autumn, between ovulation and bleeding. Winter, bleeding. From this, you might see, that's just the tip of the iceberg really to give you a bit of a flavour there, that, that we are cycle after cycle after cycle, small and larger cycles within cycles, all reflected in nature. At first, it's a conscious choice to learn about nature connection because it's not something that is a community focus within a clan or a tribe that we're part of any longer. We live a different way of life now, but I think there's a lot to be learned from ancient ways from the modern day. Not going back to those days, we've made incredible and invaluable advancements since then, but taking and finding what fits in and applying. Then eventually, living more in tune with nature, with the natural energies of the land, it just becomes more of a way of being. Maybe as part of your omen walk or just in daily life you feel pulled to pick up a stone or a feather or a shell and add it to your altar space or use your stone as a means to ground, a grounding stone. People can have a bit of a reaction sometimes to that term altar space because it can often have religious connotations for them but essentially I find everybody's got an altar space. If you've got a full-scale spiritual altar, then brilliant. If not, you'll maybe have a mantelpiece or a top drawer that you keep special things in or on. Maybe displays photos of departed loved ones, maybe a trinket that you've been gifted. That's a form of altar space. I like to always just ask when I am um, guided, pulled towards anything in nature, might I take this please? And I've never had no said to me that would come to me personally in a form of feeling that I just shouldn't. And I always say thanks and I always leave a small offering. To deepen your connection with nature, you could give offerings, make offerings. My most favourite and common type of offering is an offering of gratitude. For me, I can't take without giving back, essentially, when it comes to nature. There's an imbalance of power there. So I make offerings all the time, everywhere that I go. I always offer something that won't harm the earth, harm the land. And something that's meaningful to me, a meaningful sacrifice. Otherwise, it doesn't have any meaning, does it? In the beginning, I made an offer of gratitude maybe once a week to nature spirits, where we live in the woods. This could be something like a drop of my favourite tea out of my cup in the morning. 
a tea bag opened and sprinkled out herbs that I'd foraged or one of my favourite that still remains and it's more of a Celtic offering milk, oats and honey I pour out and onto the land and I take a few quiet moments giving thanks to the land and explaining why I'm making that offering just really building that beautiful relationship with nature Okay, I hope you enjoy your omen walk or walks and as ever, you can head to this podcast episode page on our website, hit the purple button and you've got direct access to my inbox if you've got any questions. I look forward to connecting with you again next week. Take care.